mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, TJ Peterson. Uh, Alex uh, could not be with us, at least for now. He might join later. Uh, but joining us uh, today, once again, friend of the show, George Richards from Florida Hockey Now. George, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm terrific. What's going on? We're doing all right. Thank you so much for giving us some time on day two of uh, of the 2021 NHL season, a day yeah. on which the Panthers were supposed to play, uh, but got, uh, we'll say, interrupted uh, by, yeah. by Dallas. Uh, so we'll be kicking off our season on Sunday uh, instead. Uh, yeah, it gives us a couple extra days, right? I mean, at this point, why not? Yeah, nothing wrong with a little extra prep. Uh, let's uh, we'll we'll see how that lineup really shakes out. We we just about know uh, what the twenty three man roster is going to look like with a couple of very interesting question marks. Uh, most yeah. notably, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of swirling around the status of Keith Yandel. Uh, mm-hmm. George, you you've reported a lot on that over the last couple of days uh, on Twitter and on Florida Hockey Now. Uh, give us your take. What's what's going on with Keith Yandel? What's uh, is it a Joel Quenville thing? Is it a Bill Zito thing? Is it just a Keith Yandel thing? I mean, what's what's going on there? Well, I think it's it's probably a, a combination of things. I think you know, based on what we've seen uh, throughout training camp and whenever you want to say training camp ended, I, I guess it ended yesterday when you know you had the the five guys go down to the minors or whatever. Um, you know, and, and Yandel still looking like he's the, you know the seven or eighth defenseman. He's not on the power play. Um, it does look like he's not going to be in the lineup. Now that could change. The Panthers still have two days of practice and a morning skate to go. This really just could be Joel Quinville wanting to see other people because, you know, you know what you're getting from Keith Yandel. Nothing's right. changed. You know, when he was in Arizona, nothing changed when he went to the Rangers. When he came from the Rangers to the Panthers, his game has been consistent. He's an offensive defenseman. Um, so it could be as simple as that, um, that, you know, Hey, let's look at the, let's look at Forsling. Uh, let's look at, uh, Connaughton. you know, let's look at every, you know, let's look at Brady keeper. Um, but it sure doesn't feel like that. It feels like, you know, Keith Yandel's time here, um, has come to an end, at least as far as Panther management is concerned, um that doesn't mean his time has come to an end by any stretch because as of right now it, it's going to be hard for the panthers to move him um but yeah I, I i would you know i would now i would be if he is in the lineup sunday and the iron man streak continues i would be surprised a week ago i would have said i'd be surprised if he wasn't 
Right, and that's that's the uh, the really interesting thing here is that Keith Yandel is the current uh, consecutive games played leader uh, in yeah. the NHL, and he uh, he's very proud of that fact, also. Sure. Uh, and it's just it's it's so interesting to see, and uh, worth noting that uh, Joel Quenville, no stranger to ending Ironman streaks, uh, a few years ago, I believe he cut uh, Brian Campbell's Ironman streak with a healthy scratch. Yeah, but you know, with that, this is a much different situation, right? I mean, Keith Yandel is within sight of the of the record. Right. Brian Campbell, you knew that you know that that year in Chicago, the year he left Florida, that was probably going to be it for him. There wasn't, you know, he didn't have five seasons left to, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it wasn't as big a deal. Uh, you know, Keith Yandel, if he plays this season, would be in sole position of second place and could get the, uh, you know, theoretically get the Ironman streak early next season. Um, you know, so he's within reach of being the number one guy. Not that you get anything for it, but it is definitely a sense of pride. And you know, I've seen Keith Yandel, uh, you know, firsthand. He blocked the shot one night. I think it was 2000. It was Tom Rowe was the coach. He blocked the <laughs> shot came out of the game, could not walk. And they had a back-to-back. They played the next day. Keith Yandel's out there playing. And, and, and the thing last, you know, last season with the, with, you know, taking the puck in the face, he spends six hours in the dentist chair. He's out there the next, you know, the next night. So he's played through pain. He's, he's, he's done a lot to keep this streak going. He's done a lot, you know, to, 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 to kind of grind through it. And you can question, you know, you, you read people say, well, that's because he doesn't hit anybody and he doesn't play a physical game. Sure. Okay, fine. But, you know, you take a puck off the off the ankle and you're not walking for two weeks. And, and this guy's out there playing, you know, the next shift. So, you know, kudos on him. But, yeah, it is going to be it is odd that after all of that, it'll be a healthy scratch that ends it. Is there uh is there any kind of landing spot maybe for him that, that seems to be a leader among, among the pack, any calls that, uh, that Bill Zito and his staff have fielded over the last couple of days uh, that seem to hold more weight than others. It doesn't matter unless he decides to waive the no trade. That's true. Right. So it doesn't matter. They could, they could get the best deal in the world with Winnipeg and he's not going to Winnipeg. Um, and it's going to be, do you, you know, basically what it looks like to me is the Panthers are going to say, do you want to play or do you want to sit in the press box or wherever scratch guys are going to play this year? Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, 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 you know, now it's going to be a tug of war. And then, you know, okay, maybe, maybe Yandel waves it. Now you've got to find a trade partner and you've got to find one that he's going to approve. So, right. It's a very limited market anyway. When you look right. at the salary that he's making, the, 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 the cap hits, his, his real money's not as bad as his cap hit. Because of the way the, 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 the contract was structured, the Panthers have already paid him his $3 million signing bonus. I believe he's only owed $2 million in real money this year, plus whatever they're keeping, you know, the, the escrow and all that stuff. Um, so the real money's not that bad. You know, it's a six and a half million dollar cap hit. I believe he's only owed like about five, five and a half for the next two seasons per season. Mm-hmm. Um, notwithstanding, there aren't a lot of teams that are spending any kind of money. We saw that on the free agent market. The Panthers got Duclair sure. on the cheap. Everybody's trying to get players on the cheap. Nobody's going to pay you that kind of premium unless you're taking somebody else's problem back. 
Right. And we, we of course saw that with like the Matheson and Hornquist swap. We saw trading bad money for bad money. Uh, of course we, we got the better end of that in term. Uh, and I don't, uh, George, I don't know if you saw that Pittsburgh game last night, but Matheson does not, uh, does not look any better in Pittsburgh than he did here, but I suppose that's uh, a conversation for a different day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, listen, I, I, I saw the play that you're talking about, the play behind the net, and that's a problem with Mike Matheson. And again, sometimes he makes a mistake and it gets into his head and he can't get him, he can't get out of it. And, and that's yeah. a, that, that is a problem, but you know, Again, you know, I, I know what Jim Rutherford saw in Mike Matheson. He's he's a, he's he was the most skilled defenseman the Florida Panthers had. People look at that skill and figure we can fix whatever's wrong with him. And uh, well, they got plenty of time to figure it out. I guess he still got <laughs> six years left on that deal. So. <laughs> so, so just jumping back to the Yandel situation after after that little tangent. Um, yeah. I mean. It just it, it just almost seems like the way the way you're describing this, the Panthers are are almost setting themselves up to to shoot themselves in the foot a little bit. Uh, as far as yeah, it doesn't seem like there's really a a, a market for for that contract, and you're you're not going to be able to get rid of him without retaining or taking dead money back. Unless uh, Bill Zito, listen, unless Bill Zito's got something up his sleeve, which he yeah. very well may, um, he may have a deal in place. I, I don't know. Right. Um, you know, he, he actually might, who knows, because you're right, because right doing it right now doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you're not helping out his market value. But again, like I said earlier, and you know, on this, what, you know, what you're getting out of him, that's not exactly. going to change whether he plays Sunday or, you know, you don't see him, you know, till February. Um, I, I think it's as much to do with, you know, why Matheson's not here. They want to get tougher defensively. The Florida Panthers in 2016 completely changed the makeup of their defensive system. They brought in Yandel, you know, they, they brought in, they wanted to change, they wanted two passes and out and that's, you know, nobody plays any defense, just get the puck out of the zone. Well, a lot of times the play comes into your zone and you have to play defense and it's cost the Panthers for four years now. And I think they're trying to get tougher on the back end, regardless of how it's going to look. They were able to get rid of Matheson, they're trying to get rid of of Yandel. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not even conjure that 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 other yeah, yeah, name no, into the world. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. want to get rid so, of him ever. <laughs> so they're trying to put, from what it looks like to me, they're trying to put the best six defensemen on the ice to play a defensive style of hockey. And and if Yandel doesn't fit into that, which doesn't look like he does, you know that's that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, it's it's interesting the way you also phrase unless uh, unless Zito has has a deal in place already, and I'm sure that 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 maybe that was just some level of spitballing. But we also saw earlier today uh, a player that Bill Zito is very familiar with, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, just requested a sure. trade officially out of Columbus. Uh, is that something that the Panthers might try to pursue, whether it's uh, using Yandel as the bait or or otherwise? Well, first off, Keith Handel's not waiving his no trade to go to Columbus. There's no chance. <laughs> yes, I didn't think so. I mean, he's just not. He's, <laughs> he's not. And number two, why would Columbus want Keith Handel? Well, right. th- th- why would they? Because they're 27th last year in the league in scoring. Keith Handel could quarterback their power play. Um, you know, but but Yans is not going to Columbus. I think if the, I think there's two places he would go. Um, but maybe back then, maybe, and in one's a maybe, Arizona's is a maybe. 
Um, Boston, I think, is a for sure. He would go back. He would go to Boston. Um, so, again, limited market. He's not waving. He's not going to Columbus. But if you're able to get rid of him, if you're able to trade Keith Yandel away, if you've already made that decision that you're going to trade him away and you can, that frees up money for something like like that. But but not, you know, you're not trading Yandel to Columbus for, for Pierre to Luke Dubois. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And uh, I want to get on on, on uh, Jake's point from earlier about how the Panthers are setting themselves up to shoot themselves in the foot. And uh, I just want to reiterate that um, I think that Yandel's not going to waive his no trade clause to go to a team that's going to trade for him right now. Like you're going to have to really galaxy brain up a situation that is going to work out where he's going to go to a team that will take him. I mean, any bad money on the Bruins and we're talking about them as being the most sensible team to trade right. for him. Um, I think that maybe the Rangers, maybe the Rangers or somebody maybe you go back to the Rangers. I don't know. You know, I feel like the Rangers are really trying yeah, there's to go bad- out of their way to get younger right now though. I mean, the, right. But they the also have Jack- was actually they just also out of their way Jack to talk Johnson, about how that's they? that second power play unit that they've got is, is full of kids. It's, it's Lafreniere, it's Kako, it's Miller. It's 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 their it's children. Like the Rangers are trying to get younger fast right now, and Yandel right. doesn't really fit that mold either. They, they, he does. No, no, you're right. He doesn't. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but I'm just saying, where would Keith Yandel go? You yeah. know, the Rangers still have some money. That that that's, I was just you know throwing that out yeah, there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was I was just going to say I think Piero LeBrun reported that he would wave to go to Philadelphia. There was some indication. Oh wait, no, it was um uh, it was the guy from the Blues radio network. I can't remember his Strickland. name. Strickland. I remember yeah. who you're talking. Welcome back, Alex. Hey, oh, Alex is here. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey, man. What's up? Strickland's tied in. You know, Strickland. Yeah. Uh, Strickland. Strickland. Strick's got some. Uh, got some info. So, right. so he said Philadelphia. Yeah, there, there's a there's a bit of a connection there. Uh, Keith Yandel is notably friends with Kevin Hayes. Uh, of course, Keith Yandel played for Elaine Vigneault in New York. Uh, and and the return there could be bringing in the hometown kid Shane Gostas Bear, who's maybe fallen sure. out of favor from Philadelphia. He well, definitely has. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely out of favor. There's there's that there's that angle that uh, that I think Strickland was looking at it from. Okay, well, it's going to take <laughs> more than that because they got they'd have to they'd have to shed some money to 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 be able to put that that salary cap in there. So. Right. And 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 Ghost doesn't make you know six and a half million. So. No, I think he's. What, four and a half. Four, yeah, four and a half. Yeah. yeah. So you you probably have to throw something else in there, but yeah. Listen, I I, I don't know. I mean, again, yeah. We didn't we did not think that Bill Zito was going to be able to trade Matheson and and be able to bring back a guy. <laughs> you know, Patrick Hornquist. I mean, yeah. There's three years. There's a lot of mileage on that odometer, but um, right now he's your second line right winger, so you're getting something. Um, we'll see how long it lasts and, you know, maybe you get the full three years out of Hornquist. I, I don't know, but. I mean, know, even if you, even if you get to... zero, you still, it's three years instead of six. Right. It, 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 yeah, absolutely. Even if you don't get a whole lot, you're still looking at that term and, and Hornquist made less money than, you know, so either way you're already ahead and you were able to, to dump off a million and a half of, of this year of uh, Colton Colton Sevier, yeah. which now you're paying Anthony Duclair. So there you go. That's that's quite a trade right there. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll take that. Anyway, going back to what I wanted to say about this being like a Panthers own goal, 
they have to now justify it to the hockey world, which is turning their eyes to the situation and putting the pieces together. They have to justify it that they honestly believe that Keith Yandel is such a liability defensively Mm -hmm. that his power play offense isn't enough to make him more impactful than the likes of Gustav Forsling, who is 25 years old and spent his entire 24-year-old season last year in the AHL. And that's replacing him, right. And then you've got Noah Juleson, who has played like 50 or 60 NHL games with subpar results, and he's also in his mid-20s now. And Brady Keeper, who has played one NHL game and has been a middling AHL defenseman otherwise in his 20s. In fairness, TJ, his results in his one NHL game were outstanding. Yeah, that one but sample that's size. that's the king of small sample size theater. <laughs> right. So, like, this scenario, it kind of makes sense in some ways. I think that it's fair to say if the Panthers could move Keith Yandel, they'd be happy to do so, and the fans would be happy to see him go, and it would make sense for any hockey team with that contract to get rid of it. But you consider the circumstances. He has a no-movement clause. There's nobody coming through that's he's blocking, really. I mean, Chase Prisky, he's young. He's been good in the AHL. They haven't indicated that they're willing to give him a shot. It's going to be these other guys that they claimed off waivers and Brady Keeper. And no offense to any of them, but, like, they're nothing special. Their, like, ceiling is replacement level. So this is you're really throwing him under the bus by saying that he can't bring more to the table just in terms of power play offense than those guys. There's, these especially, guys, especially when you look at the time, the, the time on ice, the, the, the minutes that he played last year right. under, under Q, because listen, if you were playing, if you were playing Keith Yandel, eight, nine, 11 minutes as a defenseman last year, you're like, okay, all right. All right. He's, that's not the case. Look at the minutes that, I mean, he wasn't averaging 20 minutes, but there were a lot of games, even down the stretch last year before the season was ended where he was 20 and 20, 23, he was 1950. So he was logging decent, pretty decent minutes, not the 23, 24 minutes that Ekblad was, but he was still in the high teens, sometimes eclipsing 20. So it's not like he was riding the bench five on five. They weren't getting that much power play time. So yeah, I I, I agree. So when you, when you asked me earlier, is this Quinville or is this Zito? I think this is more the front office saying we want to change the defense. We want to play a tougher defense and, and when you talk about Brady Keeper, we don't know how good Brady Keeper can be. He was a completely raw talent that they got out of the University of Maine, mm-hmm. a very raw talent who's now working himself into shape. They love him. They think Brady Keeper is a steal, and I think so too because you got him for nothing. And, yeah, he only played one AHL season. It was his first pro season. He could be a pretty good defenseman. We don't know, though. And I get what your point is. You can't say that Brady Keeper's better than Keith Yandel. Maybe defensively he is. I don't know. Is, uh, is, sorry, Juleson we haven't seen play in two years because he's been injured. Mm-hmm. The Canadian, you know, he's a first-round guy that, that was playing big minutes for the Canadians before he got hurt two years ago. So time will tell on him. Borsling. Looks like he's an okay player. I don't know. You know, we'll see. Right now, he's he's lined up with Gudis in the five six role. Mm-hmm. So right now, Forsling is the guy that's taking Yandel's spot, and we'll just you know we'll have to see. 
I wonder how much of that is just due to, I mean, Coach Quenville has that familiarity. Uh, Gustav Forsling played under him in Chicago for a couple of years in there. Didn't play much for him, though. I mean, he was a guy that was a healthy scratch. He was a young player. Yeah, um, yeah, there is that. I mean, there's there, there's no doubt that there's that because you know I'm, I'm sure when he went on waivers in Carolina, so they could so they could put him on their taxi squad. Um, that you know maybe Quindell stood up. It could have been you know it could have been uh, the the new assistant GM that, that worked with the Charlotte Checkers last year. That's uh, true too. Dudley. Not not you know it could have been Dudley. Yeah, Dudley was 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 there and. Um, the other one, I can't remember the guy that used to be a player agent anyway. Um, yeah, all the guys, they, the, the two defensemen that they picked up all have ties to the new front office. So uh, now George, do you think this, you know, yeah, no, since you're saying you think it might be kind of front office oriented, do you think it's them maybe Bill Zito trying to maybe get ahead of the expansion draft considering Yandel and his no movement clause? Yes. It's going to be even harder next year. So it's like, all right, let's take the PR hit. Cause yeah, we talked about it via text message earlier. Like the Panthers know they're going to lose the PR battle when it comes to ending an Ironman streak that's gone on, I think, 11 seasons now. Yeah. So they're going to just take the PR hit. They know they're going to lose it. But if we can get Yamel to waive this year, it's going to cost us less to move him this year, even though he's got three years then next year when everyone's going to be scrambling to not be this next team that makes them the Vegas mistake. Right now, right now, you have to you have to protect three defensemen right now. Keith Yandel is a healthy scratch and he would be, have to be one of your three protected defensemen, which means you don't protect, you know, Mackenzie Weger. You don't protect Riley Stillman or, or, you know, well, you're, you're, you're deciding between Riley Stone and Mackenzie Weger because obviously Ekblad would be protected. Yeah. Ekblad Ekblad, Weger, I think well, would be Ekblad's, one three. Ekblad's one of your three. Um, I have a question about this, actually. Uh, George, is your understanding that Anton Strauman is able to use his partial no trade to block being exposed? No, he can't. Yeah, I don't think so, no. And I don't think he would. If they asked him, he would probably waive it because... No movement clauses are the only ones that are exempt from the expansion. Yeah, Yeah, so then you've got Ekblad and Uyghur. Who's your third guy? No, no, Yandel. Remember Yandel. Right now, Yandel. Yeah, it's it's most likely going to be the... Three of but those. beyond Yandel, I mean, there, I don't think there's really anyone on our defense that I'd be heartbroken to lose in an expansion draft. Also, on that thought, just bringing it up real quick, we have to expose the goalie, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Chris Drieger get extended at some point this year for maybe one, maybe two years at a pretty cheap deal. Right, just to extend him, right. I mean, him or Monty has to be. But, um... Yeah, the expansion draft angles are really interesting one to look at this from. And honestly, for me, it's more of a psychology of the front office type of thing because of that question. Like, if you're if you're trying to move move on from Yandel, with part of the reason for that being to make sure you can protect someone else, do they really think that there's someone else valuable enough to protect behind Ekblad and Uyghur? It sounds like Brady Keeper might be that guy. Is Keeper even eligible? He, has, has, I, he hasn't played enough yes. games. He's played two pro seasons. Age. Two pro seasons. Yeah, because I think when they signed him and they, they burned that first year. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not sure, though, because last year was his first pro year. Even though he played one NHL game, he didn't play anywhere else yeah. um, in 2019. Um, at the 2018-19 season. I don't know. I'd have to check. But, you know, I, I'm just saying you don't want to have to waste – that's you true. know, you don't want to waste one of your three 
three spots just for, you know, to extend. A guy, a guy you don't believe in anymore. So, so I, I, I guess the question becomes, George, how does this end? Do you think Yandel finally waves and they find a new home for him before Sunday? Or do you think this extends into the season? No, no, no. They, they, yeah, this thing isn't. Yeah, they, they, they're not going to find anything tomorrow. Um, no, I think this extends. It probably goes for a while. And I, I think, you know, if they stick to their guns and if, if this is what the Florida Panthers are trying to do and they stick to their guns and he doesn't play, um, you know, I, I think he's got no choice but the way that. Yeah, I mean. What, because he wants, he wants to play. But there are some people that are like, no, he's just going to hang. He's just going to chill. I mean. I don't know. Considering his personality, it wouldn't surprise me. And I'm not saying that as a negative thing against Keith Yandel, but someone told you, hey, you're going to get paid $6.5 million to show <laughs> up to Chill practice. out on Fort Lauderdale Beach for a Yeah, year. chill out on Fort Lauderdale <laughs> Beach and go on spitting chiclets every week. Like, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to sign up to, you know. No, but he, yeah, well, listen, he's, a, he's, a, go ahead. he's go a pro. Ahead. He doesn't want to be doing that. He doesn't want to be doing He doesn't want to move his entire family to, That's like, the other thing. Columbus yeah. or, you know, Arizona or Winnipeg during a global pandemic. Who would want that? Right. That's crazy. Agreed. And if I'm not mistaken, part of uh, part of what drew him to sign here in the first place back in 2016 was that no move clause. He's got young kids. He wanted to settle down, raise a family here. Yeah. So I, it's not going to be easy to convince him uh, to right. convince so, him to okay. move. But... Here, here's what we got. Um, Oh, oh, is George looking right. at his so, phone and breaking news on the Pan- Panther? Ooh, no, 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 no. I'm, oh. I'm just looking at Cap Friendly's uh, <laughs> Seattle expansion thing. It looks like uh, yeah, Riley Stillman's going to have to be protected. Um, but you're not heartbroken if you lose Riley Stillman. Yeah, but you still don't want to lose a, an up-and-coming he's, – he's on your second pair right now. True. Yeah, That's true. yeah but you, you just don't want to make the Pesic-Petrovic mistake again. Yeah. Right. You don't want to have to do four and four, which, which, you know, Zito's not going to do. Listen, Barry Zito's a very smart guy. I'm not saying that Dale Talon wasn't. Dale Talon had his reasons for doing what he did. Dale Talon had his reasons for doing what he did. Okay. And it came back and bit him in the butt. The Florida Panthers were not the only team to get bit in the butt by the Vegas Golden Knights during that expansion. No, not at all. Everyone right. did. The, the Blue Jackets did too, player. George. I mean, <laughs> they got rid of a guy with a no trade that, that they did not want. All right. And, but they had to give up something, and that was Montembeau. So, they March or so. March or so. What did I say? Montembeau? Montembeau. Yeah. March, yeah. March, we'll get, we'll, March, we'll give you partial, partial credit. He's <laughs> Frenchy. Yeah. So, I don't so wanna... moving on. Speaking of wanna... goalies, though. <laughs> yeah. Let's get not, the latest. Not for a here. really quick heel turn. Uh, off of whatever that was, TJ. But uh, there's also been some weird stuff going on with Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, what's what's his status? Is he going to be ready for for Sunday, or who do you expect to be the uh, the starter for for day one? And when can we expect Bobrovsky uh, back in the net? Okay, well, it's probably a coin flip with who starts. I mean, uh, you know, if you're going off, based off last year, it's Chris Drieger gets the opening night mm-hmm. start. Um, he was playing so well. Um, for the Panthers, you know, in place of in place of Sergei Bobrovsky when the season ended, um, didn't see any time in the bubble. But uh, you know, you've got to think coming into this season, he was the backup. Uh, but Sam Montembeau has looked really good in camp; has looked mm-hmm. like the better goalie. So if you're going based off that, then Sam starts. 
Um, luckily for the Panthers, it's Chicago. They don't look to be much of a threat. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Incoming so either, 4-0 either loss. Way, either way, you should be okay. I wouldn't be surprised if both players, you know, if one of the guys gets a start each night, um, just to give them one. Um, and then when they go to Carolina uh, Thursday night, I would expect Bob to be in that. So. Good. Because <laughs> Carolina's, so. uh, you definitely want your best goalie in that for Carolina. Yeah, you're going to be using all three of the guys this year, probably with the compressed schedule, because just looking at it, um, you know, you're you're used to having a lot of back to backs, but you're also used to having three, four, you know, at least early in the year, you're used to having three, four games, days in between games. You know, you play yeah. Saturday night and then you play Thursday um, and then then, you know, the second half of the season, it's where it starts to ramp up. Well, this whole season is ramped up. They yep they play every other day. So they're, they're really going to have to, uh, they're really, you know, going to have to monitor the goalie situation. And so you're probably going to have to use all three anyway. Why not, you know, throw the two guys a bone early and and then see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, That's not necessarily a bad thing either. Having three capable goalies to use at at the drop of a hat. I mean, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Breaking news guys. I'm going to tell you right now, one of those three goalies at some point in the season will be a close contact with somebody that tested positive and will have to miss a game. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're going to, you're going to need all three like yeah. George said. And, and listen, and I, I would, I would look, I forget which team it is um, that they're keeping their goalies separate from each other. That way, if one goalie, you know, that way you don't have the, uh, you know, the Denver Broncos, all their quarterbacks <laughs> and you lose all three of your goalies and, you know, you're, you know, you're calling somebody up from, you know, your bread Bednard's coming in from Greenville to, to the start. So um, I'm I, not available I, Panthers. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. It, it, Rob you know, Tallis will get in the game. Yeah. yeah. Bring Roberto back Roberto Luongo, Luongo for stuff. a game. Yeah. You're already, you're already getting a Capri, you know, Capri capture, so yeah. why not? Yeah, he's on the books. <laughs> you're still, that's true. He's still on the books, technically, so screw it. Throw him in a game. <laughs> Darling can come back, you know. So uh, let, let's move on to another kind of story that was breaking today. Francisco Saravelli was saying that teams have been calling the Panthers about Captain Alexander Barkov. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's not a surprise that teams are calling about Barkov. He's got two years left if – you know he's not going to re-sign with the Panthers. Now is the time you move him for max value. Do you know how many calls? Do you know how many calls Dale Talon took on Barkov and Huberdo over the years? Every GM calls to check. Absolutely, you're not doing your due diligence if you're not absolutely and seeing if you catch your arrival GM in a moment of weakness. I mean, we've heard stories of you know former Panthers uh, GMs getting calls about Taylor Hall and all, and then almost getting that done and whatnot. And, you know, you just never know when you get catch a guy on a bad day and get a steal, but on a scale of one to Jay Bowmeister, how worried should Panther fans be that, uh, you know, there's two years left on Barkov's contract. I don't think there's any worry because you can't do anything to, to negotiate with him. You can't, you can't start talking to him until there's one year left on the contract. So, um, this summer will be important because then you can start, you can, you can, you know, sign him to an extension. You can't do anything this year. So you have to wait till the season's over before you can start talking extension with Barkov. I haven't heard anything out of Barkov's camp that he's unhappy here, that he wants to leave. He definitely wants to win. Um, 
but I also think he likes being the guy. He's the captain of the team. They've given him everything in the world. I don't think the Panthers are worried that Barkov is going to leave, but I think they are worried about what it's going to cost. Um, you know, but, but they've known that for years. So it's not a surprise that, Oh, geez, one of these days we're really going to have to pay our, you know, captain. Um, same goes for Huberto in two years. That's when you can start extending him. Um, I think inside the Panthers, at least in talking to the previous regime, um, I haven't talked to the new regime as much. Um, but the worry was more of Huberto leaving, not Barkov. Yeah. Well, to quote Teddy KGB, pay that man his money. And, and he'll get it. He'll get it either here or somewhere else. And listen, Sasha Barkov is a very smart guy. He loves, he loves it here. He loves the lifestyle here. He knows very well what it means not to have to pay state income tax. <laughs> um, you know, and again, the Panthers have treated him very well. Of all the players that, the, that have come through here, few have been treated as well as Sasha Barkov. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that uh, this is a concern. Although, the Canadian press is going to stir that up. They always do. They always have. Hey, uh, the, the Maple Leafs might be able to get Sasha Barkov for a third-round pick. That's what they do. Yeah. The Panthers are an easy mark when it comes to that stuff. Oh, absolutely. For the Canadian press, they're always going to be circling the wagons around the Panthers trading their star players. Always happened. Always and, will. And, 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 and once, you know, if, if Barkov signs, then it's going to be Huberdo, and then it'll be Ekblad, and, and it, the line's just going to keep going. So Right. Uh, I have two kind of cognitive dissonance thoughts about that. One is, it's like you said, it is too early to really worry about this. Both parties are like, things can change in the course of a year. And we're going to have to reevaluate where things are in a year. That being said, the second thought is the Panthers should be looking into trading him. I mean, how can you go into the season with no real plan to compete, spend no real money to, you know, paper over losing two players that scored over 25 goals last year in a shortened season and honestly sell to your, to your fans. You know, we have to keep bark for the next two years because we're really going for it with, you know, Alex Wenberg as our two C and Ryan Lomberg and Vinny Hinestroza. And, you know, this team might make the playoffs. They might have a, a solid season, but they're, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. They're, we all don't even think they, they can make the second round. I, I think it wouldn't be unfair to say. I don't know who you mean by we all, but. Yeah. You, you really, you I, think they could make the second round of the playoffs? Make the playoffs and anything can happen. That's always been my mantra. Okay. Listen, well, I, I thought the Panthers spent smart money this yeah. offseason. Um, no doubt about and, that. And when you look at Mike Hoffman, uh, the, the, again, going back to the past management, um, it looked like Mike Hoffman was going to be gone. They would re-sign Dadinov. By the time February came, when the team hit the skids, I was hearing, well, maybe we should keep Hoffman and get rid of Dadnov because, you know, he had gone quiet. Um, and, and I think this new, this new management had no loyalty to any of those guys, looked at it, could have had both. If you wanted Dadnov and Hoffman, they could have had, had Dadnov and Hoffman because they didn't sign for that much, right? right? Dadnov got a decent raise, but nothing insane. And he would have stayed for a little bit less because of what he's going to be spending in Ottawa. And, you know, I you could have had Dadnov if you wanted him. You could have had Hoffman probably if you wanted him. Now, I, I think Hoffman, to stay in Florida – would not have taken a one-year deal for $4 million. I think he wanted a long-term deal here. 
Um, so that's maybe a different deal. But I think that they always felt like a guy like Owen Tippett could help them replace Hoffman. That was the mm-hmm. thought last year that, hey, if we trade Hoffman at the deadline, we maybe we can put, you know, Tippett in, in his role. Then Hoffman really started playing great hockey on both ends of the ice and Tippett was hurt. So that that plan went out the window. Um, you've got Declare. You've got Verhage. These guys made – yeah, you, made, you, made, <laughs> you did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, these guys will probably replace Dadnov's output. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I we'll have to see, obviously, but this Verhage kid looks pretty darn good. He's going yeah. to get every opportunity in the world starting on that top line. We'll see what happens. Look, the three of us yeah. were gushing over Carter Verhage when that yeah. signing was made. I fully I mean, expect him to be a real, real player, a top six contributor. Yeah, I mean, that's totally within the realm of possibility, but you still have to look at the signings that the Panthers made, and I don't think it's unfair to say they went into the bargain bin. They did basically the same thing the Red Wings did. They and looked look for Red, value. Real, 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 no, no, that's fine, but look at look at their salary cap right now. There's still $2 million under the cap. I mean, they still, you know, they've been spending money. I, I know they've got a lot of guys, you know, you're still playing Roberto Luongo, and, and I know Scott Darling this year really jacked it up you got a flat cap. I, I, I get what you're talking about. Um, they went, you know, they picked up two defensemen off the waiver wire. I mean, these guys were going to the AHL or the taxi squad somewhere else. I get what you're saying, but Bill Zito, this is what he's done in Columbus is find players like this to, to plug and play. Mm-hmm. And you've seen this. I mean, yeah, no, if they have the Columbus blue jackets won the Stanley cup, no, but they're always in the playoffs. They're always, better than they should be and i think that's what the panthers are looking at yeah i mean that would have been really really useful a few years ago when the panthers had a little bit more talent for a little bit cheaper on their books and now they're kind of stuck with a lot of these albatrosses keith yandel is one of them obviously sergey Bobrovsky is not going to be a 10 million dollar goalie anton stroman that signing wasn't wasn't working out i don't think brett Connolly's signing is really going to pay dividends there's just too much bad money on the books right now for any of this to really come in and turn this team into a championship contender, which is all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, but step one is right. making the playoffs. Yeah, and, 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 sorry, I, I, George. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're absolutely right. You're paying, you're paying Brett Connolly $4 million versus Verhage's getting a million. I mean, uh, I mean, the reality is, is they spent a lot of bad money over the years and eventually you got to pay for it in the off season and not, really spend what you want to, to improve the team. And it happened to be this year where you, you know, you let good players walk out the door that you probably could have signed for reasonable amounts, but that's the nature of it. When you're, you know, you're, you've got, you know, 15 million plus of bad cap on the books. Like you were going to have a lean off season where you couldn't spend. But I, you know, on paper, this team looks like it could be okay. And I, I, you know, I, they're definitely going to challenge for a playoff spot in the central. You know, they didn't get put the in Discover that Central, get the pro, get yeah, the whatever. sponsorship right. <laughs> yeah, um, they didn't get thrown in that East division, which is an absolute monster. Um, you know, they, they, they've got a shot here. They're not going to, they're not going to unseat Tampa Bay, Yeah, but they should be fighting for two, three, four. I, I, I have them personally slotted in at third in the division. I think uh, Carolina and Tampa are going to battle for that top spot. And I'm then, with then you. I think Carolina there's a pretty significant gap between two and three. Uh, yeah. But then that three, four, five, six area, 
That's that's anyone's game between Florida, Nashville, Dallas, and Columbus. Yeah, I'm looking I forward to the battle between seven and eight. I want to see who ends up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another significant drop-off, and then you've got Chicago and Detroit try, just trying to not be the worst. That very well may be 30 and 31, not let alone seven and an eight. True. Those yeah. are some rotten teams. Yeah. Uh, for similar reasons that Jake outlined, but kind of on the other end, I, I think I would put the Panthers sixth in this division which doesn't mean that they're necessarily destined to finish there. We're shocked, but DJ. We're, t- we're shocked. I think, that, I think that those other teams that we're talking about, Nashville, uh, Columbus, Dallas, they're just a, a little bit above, which I means that it's agree. within the realm of possibility that the Panthers can get a few lucky breaks or have some players just have their best seasons or have some players break out and you know eclipse them. It's well, I think I saw. I thought I saw the latest. You know, one of the latest models from what was the the Athletic or Money Puck or something, where they had the Panthers in six, but they were like three points out of third. So yeah, the middle it's gone, you know, is going so, to be you know, clogged all season. Yeah, so yeah. it's going to be tight. It's, it's a gonna, lot of it is going to come down to COVID. Frankly, who's yeah. going to get and. Uh, TJ, you think that the the Dallas is better than the Panthers without Tyler Sagan and Ben Bishop? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. Right, we'll let's argue about this another time. We'll see. Yeah. Let's not let's not take up all of George's time us arguing about where, if the Panthers are going to be fourth or sixth. I I do want to just point out one other thing. Of there there, I don't think there's ever been anything that happened on the show that outlined the Jacob versus TJ. Uh, relationship then i agree with jacob the panthers are gonna finish sixth (laughs) i didn't say i didn't say that i agreed with your placement of them but i thought your outline of the way the division is going to be structured this year is right on and i just think it's perfect that you're thinking like all right this is the panthers are going to go worst case scenario here and it's going to finish sixth. oh that's absolutely not worth that is absolutely not worst case scenario (laughs) that's absolutely not worst case scenario it could definitely be worse than that (laughs) <laughs> okay, so some of the fun thing, and George, you wrote about it earlier today, Pierre-Luc Devois for, of the Columbus Blue Jackets, you're uh, uh, hunting ground for a year. He's on the block. Your uh, partner with the Hockey Now Network, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Murphy, do I have that name right? I know it's yeah, Murphy. I just can't sure remember it's Jimmy Murphy, yeah. He says the Panthers have already reached out. You wrote an article today how you think the Panthers should reach out and be interested is that uh, is that something that's actually happened that you know of, or are you still are we still in the speculation stage? No, we, we, I mean we're in the speculation. I mean, you know, teams don't tell you. Oh yeah, yeah, we call it, but of course they did. You, I mean, Yarmo and, and Zito were talking all the time. Of course they, of course they talked about it. Yeah, everybody. You know, this is not a rumor. Pierre-Luc Dubois asked for a trade. You've got to call. I mean, this is not a rumor. Just like it's not a rumor that teams called asking about Sasha Barkov. We know that's happened. We don't know, you know, how quickly that Zito hung up on him, how loud he laughed (laughs) at him. Yeah. (laughs) But we know they called, just like we know the Panthers called. The Panthers have definitely had interest in Pierre-Luc Dubois. Bill Zito is a gigantic fan of him. He's a terrific two-way center. He would slot right in at number two for the Panthers. He would be a number one for a lot of them. That's the thing. He could be a number one center for a lot of teams. Not necessarily this one with Barkov there, but, you know, we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. While he's here, before he leaves next, you know, before he goes to the uh, 
before he goes to the Canadiens for a uh, six-round pick. Yeah, yeah. And, and then <laughs> only, signs only a to be joined extension. a year later by his best friend Jonathan Huberdeau. Right, and, and Pierre Luc Dubois. <laughs> right. But um, do you do you? I mean, do you know why Pierre Luc Dubois wants to trade? I mean, I, we've heard all sorts of different things. Do you have any idea what's the reason? I, I, you know what? People have been asking me that all day, and I don't. And I don't know. You know, I, we kind of know why Bobrovsky and, and Panarin wanted out. They, they, you know, they, they, they didn't like the the small town, Columb, you know, feel of Columbus. They both live you know, in the one high rise downtown by the ballpark and walk the two blocks to work. Um, you know, Panarin really wanted to go to New York. Bobrovsky, not a big fan of Yarmo or, or, or torts. Um, you know, it, it, could it be a torch thing? Sure. <laughs> Elliot Friedman said he wants to play on a bigger stage. Could it be that? Sure. Um, we, we, we just don't know. So uh, it, it could be the small town thing. It could be he's just tired of playing for torts and, you know, he thinks that he'll be better somewhere else. I don't know. He's a 22 year old kid. Um, but it does, it does. If you're a Columbus fan, um, a little disconcerting that all these players, you know, want to get out of there, you, you know, and, and, and pretty soon, pretty soon Seth Jones is going to be up. Is, is Seth Jones happy there? Um, if Seth Jones wants out, Pierre Dubois wants out. That's the core of the team right there. Yeah. And when it comes to what I was talking about earlier, which, you know, I don't think that a Barkov trade is realistic. Like actually going to happen, going to flesh out. But this is the rare kind of piece that's being put on the trade market that would actually be a worthy centerpiece of a Barkov trade. It would have to involve significant other pieces, probably first round picks and other prospects as well to meet the value of Sasha Barkov. TJ is just ready to blow it up. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm the Panther, yeah, I'm asking for a lot more than Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think he's on Barkov's plane. Okay, no, so- that's not the point. I'm saying that it's rare that he is available in a trade. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And that's, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why I think the Panthers, you, 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 you don't have the opportunity for a, uh, for a, 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 a fringe number one, bona fide number two, 22 year old center mm-hmm. on the market. I mean, that's why you've got a call. But again, in Columbus's, Columbus has his, you know, has his rights for the next four years. They don't have to do anything and they may not do anything. Maybe something changes. Tortorella, this is the last year of his contract. Maybe they have a new coach next year. Maybe that calms things down. We don't know. So we'll have to see. Basically, if Pierre-Luc Dubois gets moved and, and you know, the Panthers are involved, there's, it's not going to be, you know, Henrik Borgstrom in a third-round pick. It's going to hurt. And Yandel's not going to be involved either. Right. right. No, no it, it, it's <laughs> probably going to be along the lines of Uyghur, Borgstrom, you know, and, and, you know, maybe a draft pick, probably, you know, what? That yeah. probably pretty so high pick. So, yeah. I would, I would miss Mackenzie Weger, but I'd give up Weger for, for, for Dubois, actually. I like see, that. In my, see, in my mind, I think it's going to cost even more. I think you're looking at Spencer Knight and Denisenko along with Borgstrom and Weger to get that done, just because he does have four years of control left and he's 22. Right, because he's so young and yeah, I mean, time's on your side there. It gives you a couple years to work out a deal, you know, because, you know, he has a two year deal right now. So that expires. Then you can work on an extension. You know, that, that if you want to do a long term deal next year with with Pierre-Luc Dubois, you can. 
I mean, I think if you're Bill Zito and you want to show Sasha Barkov and Jonathan Huberto that you're committed to building a winner, you, you go to Jarmo and say, all right, my untouchables are Barkov, Huberto, and Ekblad. Name your price for Dubois, and you pretty much are willing to do it. I feel like if you take those three off the table, Yarmo's just hanging up the phone, though. Is he? <laughs> I, I mean, the Panthers I mean, have some good prospects. Like, you know, Spencer Knight and Grigori Denisenko and Anton Lindell are nothing to sneeze at. Like, those are good prospects. Yeah. I don't think I'm giving up Lindell for Dubois. Maybe I'm just too high on Lindell, but... Yeah, I think you want Lindell. I think Lindell you keep. I, I, I honestly... Yeah, I, I consider Lindell him an untouchable. He's, then he becomes your three center for the next five or six years, and then you're pretty deep right down the middle. Yeah, and eventually he probably winds up as your two. Yeah, but maybe. That's, I mean, well, that, I mean, that's, if, if yeah. you've got Barkov and, and Dubois long-term... Lindell's probably not passing either of them unless you decide to move one. But well, now yeah, we're that's really kind of getting, what I'm thinking. Now we're really getting into the fantasy GMing of it. Yeah, let's let's uh, prevent ourselves from going too far down the rabbit hole of pipe dreams. Or now. or or you do give up Lundell and you said, you know what, we're just we're you know we got him in the fourth, you know, with the thirteenth pick, whatever, twelfth pick, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and we're we're tra- you know we're replacing Lundell with. A, a proven NHL guy in his right. fourth NHL season. Right. There's there's a very legitimate argu- argument to be made there that Anton Lindell's ceiling could be something like a Pierre-Luc Dubois. So if you can just get Pierre-Luc Dubois, then go for it. I just, I personally think that Lindell could be better than Dubois. So that's, that's, that's just yeah. my view of that. And, but then, and I'm then, not then you have the argument of <laughs> guys on ELCs who are, way, are worth way more than the ELC is, worth his weight in gold and Anton Lindell has the opportunity That's a good to point be too. that kind of player. Will Anton Lindell be better than PLD? Will PLD want to sign in Florida long-term? Will Columbus consider Anton Lindell in a PLD trade? We don't know. This is all going to play out, I think, over the upcoming right. season. Uh, so let's prevent ourselves from going too deep down the rabbit hole of these pipe dreams. And uh, <laughs> let's let's tie back into something that we were talking about briefly a little bit, this division and where we think the Panthers fit into it. Uh, George, why don't you give your thoughts on where the Panthers might finish in this new look central division? Prevented, I, I, I mean, I've got, I, I've got them. Yeah, enough with that, please. <laughs> what, what, what George is not Florida? a fan of the sponsored divisions. I, what if, I, what I, if we I, just I, pretend I, it's sponsored by Florida Hockey now? I don't care that they did it. I understand why they did, but that doesn't mean we have to say it. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not, they're, you know, my, my discover bill isn't getting paid, you know, every time I mention it. So, you know, anyway, um, no, I, I get it. But, uh, and that's, that, that's something that might not go away either. I mean, I know they said it's only, yeah. it's only for this year, but no yeah. shot, no shot. That, that and helmet stickers are here to stay. It's like at the casino. No, all we want is uh, one poker table. That's all we want. And then, you know, now we want uh, slot machines. But um, I'm mean, okay with been, all of that. <laughs> yeah, I am too. The door's been open, whatever. So the helmet stickers aren't going anywhere. Pretty soon they'll have patches just like the NBA does. Okay, whatever. Anywho, um, in, in the NHL Central, um, I like Tampa. I like, I think it's going to be Tampa, Carolina. Um, and then you're going to have the battle. I agree. I don't think Dallas is as good as they were last year. Obviously they went to the West, you know, they won the West last year. Um, but I don't think they're as good this year. Um, I, I don't think Nashville is as good. I think Columbus is always sneaky good, 
Um, they come to play every night. They're, they are a tough out, and the Panthers haven't beaten them in years. So True. the Panthers are going to have to improve against a lot of teams. They, they've beaten up on, on, on uh, Detroit. I think if the Panthers, you know, split their games with Tampa, if they split their games with Columbus and, and, and do what they usually do against other teams, I think they're set. Okay. I think they're a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, the one thing the Panthers have been good at over the past few years is not, you know, dropping too many points to teams that are far better than, like, yeah. you know, the Ottawa's and the Detroit's and Chicago's of the world. So well, they can take care there's of There's one uh, painful memory in, in the back of every Panthers fan's mind is the, the year we finished one point out and uh, lost a game to Edmonton that we should have won. Uh, so yeah. I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't jinx it, Alex. <laughs> Well, I said the last few years, not the last 10 years. This was only two, three years ago, I think. Oh, you're right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. This was the 98-point season that they <laughs> yeah, missed the yeah. playoffs. You're right, and there was also there was a, a lost game in March in against Edmonton that they lost, that they should have won. Yeah, there was also a game against Ottawa that they let an egg. But, oh, my God. Not doing that. We're not doing that. All right, George, I have a very important injury-related question to ask you. Yeah. How's Ekblad recovering from blocking a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, in my in my Twitter history, I've had a couple a couple tweets that just went absolutely bananas. And the one that comes to mind, um, aside from the Michael Yormark one, um, was when uh, Yermer Yager told me he was going to he's grown out the mullet. We were we were just hanging around. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? I'm like, your hair's a little long. He goes, I'm growing out the mullet. What do you think? And I took a picture of it and he was like, yeah, go ahead, put it out there. And that went absolutely crazy. Um, the, Ekblad, the, the Ekblad tweet from the other day is, is approaching Yager mullet territory. I mean, it is, um, it, it has like 250,000 impressions last I checked. Really? I mean, it's it, unbelievable. I mean, it's just one of those fantastic, you know, mistake tweets. It's like, I mean, everyone can, everyone can tell a story of when they had to take a shit and had to like run anywhere. So like it fits, like it's perfectly fitting tweet. And I mean, that's just one of those mistakes where it's like, yeah, you, you deserve every single one of those impressions. Yeah, George, you, you know, I, I really applaud stop, your you know, your uh, your level stop, of self confidence of just not correcting that tweet and just leaving yeah. it as it was. I well, well, you know, what had happened? Well, well, what had happened was we were at the you know I'm at the I'm at the uh, yeah, I'm at the uh, the arena at, at Club Red, sitting there, and and you have to wear your mask at all time, mm-hmm. and it's I mean it's like. 50 45 degrees in that arena i mean it is absurdly cold right now it's colder than the ice den um so i've got the mask on i've got my glasses they are constantly fogged they can't see so you know not to pull a harvey and come up with the glasses excuse but i really couldn't so i'm just typing it out and you know i send it and then ekblad looks to be okay so i add the reply tweet he's okay and then 10 minutes go by and goldie like is ashen a goldie george george <laughs> did you see what you tweeted i'm like what did i tweet because now i've already forgotten about it and he goes, the ekblad thing look and he hands me his phone and i'm looking I'm like oh man and by then it had already taken off by then already <laughs> had like 150 retweets what am i gonna do delete it so you know that's why that if i would have seen it in like a, a if i would have sent it and then saw it, it, I would have deleted it. 
but it had already been 10 minutes. So I was like, ah, we'll just let it run. Everybody knows I meant shot. You know, he blocked <laughs> the shot, limped, you know, over and is hurting, you know, but. Uh, As your marketing intern at Florida Hockey Now, I have to say any press is good press. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. Hey, this is and for all real quick. And for all of those impressions, guess how many followers? Take a guess. Five. five. I'm gonna go with zero. One. One new oh. follower. That's bullshit. I win by That's prices bullshit. right rules, Alex. Closest yes, without going over. That's I, some I, bullshit. I would have thought people would want to see more tweets like that. I agree. I know. I mean I will say, though, this is the benefit of working for yourself where you don't have some editor worrying about PR calling you and being like, George, you got to delete that tweet. It's bad press. It like, makes the Miami Herald look bad. Yeah, it, the Miami Herald would have said that, yes. The Athletic would have let it go. The Columbus Dispatch for sure would have been like, uh, you need to get rid of that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people yeah. in the heartland. I, 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 I could just see Alex Menard, Jorge Rojas just having a meltdown seeing that tweet. Yeah, they would have been one. Of, now, it wouldn't have been Rojas, no, because we've had some pretty bad tweets in the history of the Miami Herald. Um, <laughs> Look at Armando's Twitter account. Uh, yeah, um, so anyway, so. <laughs> Moving on. It, it would have been one of, like, it would have been someone, like, on the online desk that would have said it and be like, oh, you're an official tweeter of the Miami Herald. Can I get rid of it? <laughs> Uh, all the things they would worry about would lead to bad press. All right, let's see what the updated numbers are. Let's see. Updated numbers. And then and you gotta tell and you gotta tell the listeners who don't know what's the your mark tweet since you explained the other ones. Oh my god. What did I say the impressions were? Two hundred and fifty-eight thousand. Seven hundred and thirty. Damn. How, how many followers though? One. Damn it. Ah. I was hoping to I was hoping to steal a win there. I was hoping to see. I'm going to create a new account and follow you. We'll one, bring it to yeah, two. One follow, two link clicks, 123 replies, 1,000 likes. Oh. <laughs> Impressions, 730,000. So Everybody has way too much time on their hands. I think the problem you had was everyone thought you were going to delete the tweet. So, every, like, all the mains. National guys who retweeted you screenshotted so that you would they it wouldn't get a link to a deleted. Tweet. You might have been, yeah, you might. Have been. That's why you didn't get all of the followers you should have. Listen, from what I was told, uh, all the players were in the locker room, and somebody looked at their phone and go, "Oh, look at this!" And the whole, yeah, they all they all got a big kick out of it. So, oh, I would hope so. Yeah, and then Ekblad, uh, I think, liked it and retweeted it. So it's not like. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta see if this is true. While, while yeah. we're looking at that, I kind of want to, you know, surprisingly talk about something that is related to the hockey. Uh, so you've been at training camp, obviously. You've been watching how all the guys have been performing. Uh, you already talked about how Sam Montembeau, he looks like a different goalie than he did over the last couple of years where he struggled the NHL level. Well, I didn't say that. I said he was having a good camp. He had a really good camp last year, too, so. Oh, yeah, maybe that won't be a, a harbinger of good things to come. But I'm, just, I'm just saying. Well. I'm just – I don't want to discredit. I, I You know, Sam Montembeau – had a really good camp last year and had a terrific October. It was November that, 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 that messed him up, but, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. I mean, I don't want to put words into your mouth. Um, the question I wanted to give you though, is uh, who do you think might surprise people in the Panthers lineup this year? Maybe somebody that we're not already talking about as a potential breakout candidate. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great question because I, you know, I, we just talked about Verhage. I, I think he's, 
probably the big one, but I think he's also been the big one that we've circled since, you know, they the signed him, on. right? So, <clears throat> so I don't think he counts for what you're talking about. Um, same with Owen Tippett. I think everybody's looking at Owen Tippett as being, I, I think it's going to have to be someone like Alexander Winberg. I, uh, I think Alex, I, I'm just saying, I, I think, you know, he's going to get the opportunity playing on that second line. He's got Huberdo on one side. He's got Hornquist. He's a terrific passer. He doesn't shoot the puck, so he fits in perfectly on this team. But <laughs> he, but he is a terrific playmaker, and he's he's good in the middle of the ice. He plays pretty good defensively. You know, I mean, he ran out of favor in, in Columbus, no doubt about it. But that was more because he wasn't carrying his scoring load. Last year, Tortorella had him, you know, playing third, fourth line minutes and had no complaints about his defensive play. So, um, you know it was just time for him to go in Columbus. And I think maybe that this, you know, this new start, this fresh start, this new scenery, whatever you want to call it um, is going to be good. So, uh, you know, by default, they'll go with Alexander Winberg. I was going to say, I think all of us at uh, Panther Paris slash PTP all are on the E2 star and in train. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't even think. Yeah. But he's also, wow. What a great opportunity he's getting, huh? Oh Yeah. You know, he's, I mean, not as, not as good as now. Now, what if he moves up to that second line? Because that, yeah, listen, if Alexander Winberg doesn't do the job, then you could, you you could move up E2 into that, that, that position. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, here's a guy that didn't get the play, um, you know, got getting, you know, it, he's, he and Prisky are the only ones left from the Vincent Trocheck trade. So mm-hmm. you got to hope he pays off. So yeah, that's a good one. And if I'm not mistaken, the Panthers organization actually saw Listarinen as like the cornerstone of the Trocheck return. That's not what I was told. I was told it was okay. Lucas Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> you probably have a better idea than I do. <laughs> I was told that Lucas Walmart that they were showing me texts that this guy's going to be, you know, at least defensively as good as anybody they've got, and. Uh, and then they didn't qualify him. So yeah. uh, I, I, I yeah, was I mean, very surprised by that. The arbitration reward probably would have been larger than what they were able to get in free agency. I don't, I, you're right. And that, that, that's it. They, they, you know, and, and, and listen, Bill Zito had no loyalty. He didn't make that trade. So mm-hmm. yeah, he thought, okay, well, well, this is the risk versus the reward. What's he going to get in arbitration? If he takes us there, how do we replace him? And, you know, obviously they think, uh, you know, E2 is going to replace them. So, yeah. well, if we get uh, if we get E2 Listarn in to to really put up some numbers, then maybe he does become the cornerstone of that return. Yeah, no, and he is now. I mean, he yeah. you know he is now. I think Prisky, you know, Prisky's still developing as a young defenseman. He, you know, you know, we'll see what happens there. Everybody's rooting for 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 Chase, the local kid, another hometown um, kid. Yep, and, and he'll be here sooner than later. I think this year. You know, when they started picking guys up off the, the waiver wire, that that was it for him. Yeah, and, as, far uh, as, as far as as far as making this team, I do. Before we leave Lustarinen altogether, I, I do want to point out uh, Yoki Nevalainen jumped on our show a couple months ago, and he was talking about how, oh yeah, this guy's an NHL player. He was watching him in the Finnish men's league, the Liga, and uh, telling us to that this guy was going to have an NHL impact this year. So shout out to him; he was right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, talk about someone who has who's had a, a remarkably impressive camp. I mean, I think we all, for the most part, Panthers fans saw this guy as 
maybe a 13th forward or, or a 4C or like a first call-up kind of guy. He comes into camp and just tears up the scrimmages and all that. And now you're looking at him starting the season at 3C with a legitimate chance to move up. Yeah. I mean, and, and same with Tippett. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see what Tippett can do. I mean, he's going to get a chance on the second power play. Um, you know, maybe, you know, in those last 30 seconds, he gives you a couple of good shots from the right side. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of guys that, that you're looking at. Some are going to work out, some are not. I mean, out of this whole group, I mean, again, they spent money smartly. If it doesn't pan out, then okay, then it doesn't pan out. What's it? What did it cost you? You know, if, if Alex Wenberg, right. I know, you know, if Alex Wenberg doesn't work out, okay, well, it didn't work out. Right. Move then you move on to the next the next thing next year. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, George, you have been more than generous with your time tonight. We really appreciate it. So I am going to make a, a PTP decree, and from henceforth, all three of us will refer to it as the Florida Hockey Now Central Division in all huh? podcasts and on Twitter okay. with a link to the web with a link to the website. <laughs> and uh, if someone's going to get some free publicity about it, fuck discover. It's going to go to Georgia, Florida hockey now. So it is now the Florida hockey now central division. Thank you so much for joining. I us, don't George. even know if my website takes discover. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Di- Does it take diners club? <laughs> uh, yes. We still take diners club. Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And by the end of this, we'll get you a discover sponsorship too. Too. Oh, I'd love it. You know, I, but- I need some of that frog protection. <laughs> yeah. Frog protection. Frog. 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 Oh my God. God, I hate those commercials. Oh. They're so bad. Oh, they're so bad. They got like two and they run them every commercial. Uh. It's the frog protection and, and the two girls like happy with, I can't even remember what it is. Oh. Um, but yeah, Florida Hockey yeah. Now. Anywho, yeah. At, it's George, you are the absolute best. Check out his website. It's $30 for the year or $2.99 for the month. Uh, he wrote a great article today. We talked about earlier about Pierre-Luc Dubois and how he could possibly fit with the Panthers. The one thing you don't get with George is he never writes fluff pieces. If he writes something, it's with a purpose. So there's no clickbait. It's, it's just always good content. So support him, check him out. Like I always say, when he joins us, he is our one in, you know, non Panther affiliated full-time source that's covering the Panthers. So if we want him to stick around, we have to support him with our dollars. So give him a subscription, read his content, follow him on Twitter listen to his podcast if he ever puts out another episode. <laughs> yeah i need to get i need to get uh, on that thank you so much for joining us hey thanks guys hey. good talking to you while i was watching pierre luke dubois on tv he's got one hit on 11 shifts and 1001 of ice time right now so oh he really would fit in with the panthers yep so there you are one nothing columbus 707 left in the second there you go beautiful <laughs> good night boys good thanks night george. george thanks again all right we'll see y'all there all right, let's motor right along with this season preview podcast. Alex, you didn't really give your thoughts on how this division is going to finish. So uh, why don't you tell us where Florida's going to slot in the standings when it's all said and done? I think it's anywhere from three to five, and it's going to be determined in the last week of the season where they end up. Uh, I think the Panthers take care of business on the majority of their games against uh, – Chicago and Detroit and then you know they're like you know we talked about they're in a battle with Nashville and Dallas and Columbus for those last two spots and it's whoever it's going to be whoever doesn't doesn't blow their points against those bottom two feeders is going to get the last spot that's what I think it's going to be and um, 
I mean, I don't see the Panthers competing for one of the top two spots unless they go on a miracle, you know, 12 game win streak again, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm not nearly as bearish on the Panthers as you are. And I'm not as bullish as Jacob is. So that's I mean, kind of one of the things we'll see. It's, it's really like a, a degree of very small proportions because like, I think that somebody, you know, misses one or two games on one of those teams because I don't know, they had a close contact or something like that. That's going to be enough to move the Panthers up multiple spots in the standings. That's how tight this is. Yeah. That being said, I still see them, whatever minuscule amount lower than Columbus, lower than Nashville, lower than Dallas. It's not clear. They're in the same tier. However, it's, it's like I said, those, those few teams, if I had to bet on, Two to make the playoffs be on Carolina and, and Tampa Bay, which we all agree. Those are the top two. Yeah. I would I, probably say Nashville and Columbus just because of Dallas's COVID and injuries. That really worries me, but I, I do think their talent would in a normal year be good enough to get them up to the top four. Yeah. That's where I have it. I mean, the reality is this is going to come down to goaltending for the Panthers, not only Bobrovsky, but what they get out of Drieger and Montembeau. There's, you know, we talked about it earlier the condensed schedule, you know, the goal, all three goalies are going to get a decent amount of games and they're going to go as far as their goaltending takes them. They're not going to be able to outscore teams five, five, four, like they did last year when Bobrovsky was having his severe growing pains after joining the Panthers. So they're just going to go as far as the goaltending takes them. Going into the season before Bob missed most of camp for whatever reason, I was thinking to myself, this is going to be a huge bounce back season for him, primarily because of how much rest he's had in the last 10 months. He's played four games in the last 10 months. And this is a guy that we saw the performance dip and you could tell it was because of the wear and tear playing so many games season in season out was having on him. And, you know, everybody's talked about how, Oh, you know, it was a culture shock for him playing in front of the Panthers defense. They're not disciplined. It's not about, you know, keeping pucks away from the net like it is in Columbus. I do think there's a little bit of truth in that, but I also think that, you know, this is a guy that was, you know, getting to his 30s. That was his first age 30 season. He's going to be 31 this year. And I think that that's having a significant impact in his poor performance as well. And, you know, provided that there's not something that happened that compromised his health, in the reasons that he had to pull out of training camp at the beginning, I do think that he's going to have a, a much stronger season than last year. Who knows what that actually means in terms of how he performs in the twilight of his career. Yeah. Who knows? It, it's all kind of goalies. Voodoo. That's all yeah. I, I have to remember. I do agree with Alex that the Panthers are going to go as far as goaltending takes them. The offensive power is definitely there. Uh, but the defense isn't going to win you many games. Um, so it's really going to be up to that goaltending core to, to stop the pucks. I guess I'm just a little uh, a little more optimistic about how our goalies are going to perform this season relative to last. Oh, I'm yeah. definitely more optimistic as well. I think that this is going to be at least an uh, average season for Bob, league average. Honestly, I think that's all we need. Yeah, it could be league average or better. All right, guys, so that's going to do it for another episode of Panther Free here on the PTP Network. Uh, this was a real fun, George. It gave us a lot of great info, and uh, 
you know, hopefully Pierre Luc Bois can be a uh, future former Panther, but let's, uh, you know, let's hope, but I don't know if that's really going to happen. Uh, Jacob's clearly tired as he's yawning into the microphone. And if you cut that, TJ, I'll kill you. Oh, I was laughing. I was laughing at the oh, future former Panther joke. It started as a yawn, form? but I was I was yawning in the middle of your sign off and you caught me off guard. With the future yeah, form. that was originally what I heard, but I was like, oh, he probably said Florida. I, said, I could have sworn I said future Florida Panther, but future former Panther also works. Oh. You know, we don't, Florida <laughs> Panther fans don't get nice things. Never but mind, yeah, I am so this tired. All, this, <laughs> this is all going to stay stay in here. So we hope you guys enjoyed listening. Thank you to George Richards from Florida Hockey Now to join us. Make sure you watch your Florida Panthers take on their rivals in the Florida Hockey Now Central Division for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll be back soon enough and uh, give you more, uh, give you our thoughts on the early part of the season and things like that. But for uh, Jacob Langston, TJ Peterson, I'm Alex Lopez. Please rate, review, and follow us on uh, all these networks and stuff so we can bring you more great content. And uh, I'm going to be doing a giveaway. Um, watch the Twitter space, but uh, I, I don't think people really went for the hat, but I got better stuff this time. So <laughs> take, keep a lookout for that. It's, it's good stuff. And the Jared McCann sign puck is still out there. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.